0: Welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I'm here today with my wife, Natasha Mason. Hi. And our little special guest, I couldn't get that out, a special guest with us yes. today is little Hannah Mason. This is our daughter, our youngest daughter, and say hi. Say hi. Hi. There she is. So she's in the room. She actually came in just kind of wanted to see what we were doing, so we thought we'd let her stick around. And she has um, promised to be quiet. Yeah. We'll see if she is. If she's not, it's okay. Um, children are a blessing from God, even when they're noisy, right? I mean, that's what we have to remind ourselves. <laughs> right. So in this episode, we're going to take a look at, um, uh, finding God in Gatorade. Um, so it's a very interesting title and, um, it was a idea I brought to my wife, uh, earlier this week. Um, and, uh, something I wanted to talk about because I, I really feel like, um, this has a lot to do with being filled with the Holy spirit. Um, so to start off, um, what, what, if, if I take a bottle of Gatorade, I'm just going to ask the question up front. If I take a bottle of Gatorade and I run it under a, um, a water, a source of water, the spigot, you know, and the water is running into the bottle where the Gatorade is, um, what happens to the bottle or the Gatorade itself? It gets displaced. It gets displaced. Um, if I leave it under the water long enough, what happens to the Gatorade? disappears yeah it absolutely disappears so if you want to try this at home this is a little test you can use this as an example to show your friends Um, and this is just uh, an illustration of what sin and the word of God does so Jesus is our life and we know that and hopefully you know that as well Um, but he is what dwells inside of us and so a lot of times in the scripture you're going to hear this thing it's going to be referred to as um, being filled with the spirit have you ever heard that And filled with the Holy spirit. Yeah. Be filled with the Holy spirit. So we're in the South and we're in uh, North Carolina and people around here tend to say it that way, be filled with the spirit. So you got to get filled (laughs) with the spirit, right? Um, so every denomination, generally majority of denominations have a different meaning when they say filled with the spirit. Um, there's a couple different things I want to point out in this, um, Ephesians 5, 18, it says, uh, be not drunk with wine uh, We're in excess, but be filled with the spirit because uh, the Lord wants us to be of so, sound and sober mind. He wants us to be um, always aware and always awake and always, you know, always thinking because the spiritual things of God are more important, should be more important to us than the very um, the things we uh, consume, the things in our lives around us every day. Um, so He's he's pointing out something that the people would drink. And he's like, you know, don't get drunk because that's where your foolishness comes out. That's where you're opening up yourself to, um, all kinds of suggestive things. And you might do wrong things instead of doing that. How about you fill up your life with the spirit of God? Um, and so people, you know, people tend to get a little bit lost in that. What does that mean? What does that even mean being filled with the spirit of God? And, and how does that affect my life? Um, there are actually like 18 verses, uh, that, that, tell us to be filled with the spirit there's 448 instances uh in the scripture of the the term being filled with the spirit or being filled um i think you have to look at i'm trying to find a way to say this that makes a lot of sense um, you have to look at your life as that vessel, right? So that vessel is it has sin in it. And you're that Gatorade bottle. And that Gatorade bottle is, and the Gatorade in it is your sin. Um, when Christ comes into our heart, when Christ comes into our life, it's sometimes some people have dramatic uh, changes, right? Right. Um, I had a friend of mine who was a uh, drug addict. He um, he did some of the hardest stuff you ever heard of. He mainlined acid. He did some really crazy things, um, but he found Christ. And when he found Christ, he said immediately all of his desire to do those things was gone. And that's cool. I mean, that's awesome. That happens. Um, we also know people who have been saved and had sexual sin in their life. And they struggle, they struggle, right. They struggle to get away from it. They struggle to let it go. It's still that, that attraction was still there over, over time. I've known people that that has gone away, that attraction and that desire for the wrong thing has gone away. Um, and it can be anything. It could be, it could be overeating. It could be lust. It could be anything. Um, and so, this really looking back at sin and what sin does to us. Now, if you were to consume uh, copious amounts or large amounts of Gatorade, I mean, just that's why all you drank, would that be good for you? No, no, probably not because of the sugar content, the electrolytes, all that stuff would probably really mess with your body in one way or another, especially if you're not an active person. If you're not, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not expending energy and you're not sweating, having those electrolytes and things are going to be bad for you. So that's the same thing that sin does to us. As long as sin dwells in us and we allow it to rule our lives, it is going to ruin us. And the eventual outcome of sin is death, right? So that's, that's what we all get. So we get death in life because of sin. Um, But Christ has offered us something completely opposite. He says, I will come into your life and I will forgive you of that sin that you have. And I will give you a new life whereby you don't die. You don't, the body's going to pass away. Right. But your spirit, the spirit, even, even this body is going to be raised up new. It's going to be raised up and given a new form. Um, So yes, I do have to die, but I'm going to honestly, technically, in the greater sense, live forever. So that's fantastic. Um, really, when we look at this, I want to look at a couple different verses, a couple different scriptures. Um, you go back to Genesis, and we talked about this before, because I found an interesting parallel in Genesis. Uh, Genesis is talking about the creation of man. It says God breathes into man, uh, what? The breath of life. Yes, he breathes into his nostrils the breath of life. So God gives man life in Genesis. Man takes that life, and he does what? Uh, the fall, he falls. <laughs> <laughs> he 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 sins against God. He's given life and he sins against God. And this this man was Adam. Yes, it's an obvious answer. So, Not a trick question. You're staring at us. We do have our daughter in here, and I'm so it, yes, sure. it was Adam, and uh, Adam was the first man, right? So he sinned. So Adam. Adam is given the breath of God and he sins. So by the second Adam, which we know is Jesus, according to the scripture, um, everyone is given life. Everyone is given forgiveness of sins. Um, he forgives the sins of those who repent. That's what he does. And the interesting that if you go into... John chapter 20 verses, uh, I believe it's verse 19 through verse 23, you're going to find that Jesus does something to the disciples that is very reminiscent of what God did with Adam back in Genesis. Um, And it also, and I'm going to paraphrase this a little bit. He talks about, the scripture says that Jesus breathed into the disciples, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. He breathed into them and they received it. So he exhaled the Holy ghost and they breathed in and received it, which is really interesting because if you go back to Genesis, God breathes into Adam and he gives him life, right? Physical life, the life that that body is alive. Now we have a different picture where Jesus is giving a different kind of life. It's an eternal life. It's a ceiling. It's the Holy spirit, Holy ghost to the disciples. He's breathing that out of him just like God did in Genesis. And if you tend to believe like I do, I believe Jesus was the one who breathed into Adam. He's God, um, so He's breathing out His Holy Spirit into the disciples. Um, so you have these, this this parallel of breathing life into the body and now breathing life into the spirit. So those two things run; co- they coincide and go together. The greater picture all of all this um, really lies in who we are, right, as Christians, and, and we're going to bring it around a little bit to um, the world that we live in. So if you're a Christian and you believe in Jesus and you have the Holy Spirit inside of you um, and he is forgiving you of your sins and you're trying to be that, that clean and pure vessel that God wants you to be and he's going to use you, um, you tend to run in a little bit of a backlash uh, in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in business for 20 uh, some years now um, and I hear constantly uh, well, I used to hear constantly, not so much anymore, but I used to hear constantly that Christians are people who have a problem with the way a business wants to run or the way the government runs or the way the world runs. You Christians need to learn just to get over that, or you need to learn to deal with that, or you need to learn to put that down and stop being so um, against it. There's a lot of things in the world right now, especially in the United States, um, that the Bible would call sin and the world doesn't. And the world tells us it's Okay. And when Christians say, mm, no, that's not what God says, people get offended and people get upset. And the first thing they say is, well, there's something wrong with you because you believe what's written in that book, right? If this is the very living word of God, if I believe that these words are true, if I believe these words are life and they're not death and they profit me and they benefit me and they give me this this purity and this life that I enjoy, here's the, uh, this is the interesting thing, right? Let's hit sin real quick because I like beating up on sin. It's one of the things I don't like. I don't like my sin. I don't like when I do sin. I don't like when sin is around me. I don't want nothing to do with sin. That's that's Southern. If you don't know, that's how we say it. I don't want nothing to do with sin, right? So that's how we should be. As Christians, we should despise sin. We should loathe it. It should not be in our presence. We should not put up with it. We should uh, want to stay away from it. Now, I don't think it's our necessarily our job to condemn others. That's not our job. Scripture says that people are already condemned. Those without Christ in John chapter 3, they're already condemned and undone before holy God, and it is not my responsibility to condemn them. I don't do that. It is my responsibility to remind others that God has said... This is the way we're supposed to live. So if there's a sin out there and people are uh, accepting of it and and people are running with it and they come to me and they say, Hey, you should, you should teach this. You should agree with this. You should follow after that. No, I'm not going to do that. That's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow after the word of the Lord, because what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but to lose his very soul. And I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to gain in heaven. I'm trying to gain the eternal things of God. So sin can be that problem. It's that problem child that always pops up. And one of the interesting things you're going to find about sin is that here, this is what gets me. I, I just, If you're listening to this and you're not a Christian, I want you to look at your life right now. Take a look at your life right now and tell me, are you really happy where you're at? I've got people who are I know people who are atheists, I know people who are not Christians, I know people who are living for themselves, and a majority of those are miserable where they're at in their life. They're absolutely miserable. They're drinking a lot, they're doing a lot of things, they're having inappropriate relationships, they're filling their minds, they can't get enough of, of pornography on the internet, they can't get enough of whatever it is in life. They're negativity. Yeah, they have to buy something new all the time. There's this need for consumption that I've gotta have because I'm not happy. Right now now in the United States of America, don't know about the rest of the world, can't speak for you, but right now in the United States of America, our suicide rate is at an all-time high. We have more mental disorders in this country than we probably ever had. People are not happy with their lives. And when you come to them and you offer them the saving grace of Jesus Christ and the gospel, and the scripture says that he puts in us uh, that peaceful mind, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's the scripture and when we bring that to people they go oh you're sheltered oh you people are sheltered oh y'all are missing out really what are we missing out on I don't, I'm a little confused that sounds like a cult am I missing out on the depression am I missing out on the suicidal thoughts am I missing out on being drunk and not knowing where I'm going am I missing well, I, I don't mind it no, I mean I don't understand what I'm missing out on. We we and I and I'm not trying to say we're any better than anyone else, but we enjoy our lives. I mean the Lord has blessed us, we're He takes care of us. Happy with we're simple. Yeah. And and my other question is, is what is wrong with enjoying or liking to do what's right? Right. You know? I mean I don't have to cuss somebody out when they upset me. Don't need that. That doesn't do any good for anybody. You know, what is it what is it? When did these things become a problem that, okay, this and, and it's not about being holier than thou or being a holy roller, because we hear that one too. Uh, you you're a bunch of Christians go to church, you think you're a bunch of holy rollers and you're better than everybody else. No, I, I don't think I'm better we're than anybody. We're sinners just like everybody else. We actually think we're probably, we see our sin for what it is, and we believe we're the worst of the worst. Paul, who wrote part of the New Testament, exactly exclaimed that self. Uh, my boy, I messed that all up. He exactly explained that about himself. I should say he he stated that he was the chief of sinners. He was a he was a rabbi, and he was uh he was a very well known man, and he was very well respected. He was he had uh, achieved a very height in his career before he became Paul when he was Saul and he was persecuting Christians. He would sit on those inquisitions where they're going to 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 test people and try people for following after this Jesus. He was very well known. But Paul called himself the chief of sinners, because once he realized his own sin and how he had sinned against God, he realized he's the probably the worst thing walking. I can't believe I'm just the worst thing walking. I was out here killing Christians, and God used him, and God forgave him, and God turned him into something completely different than what he was. Now, I think if you went to Paul and you said, Paul, you're really missing out, you know? I, I know you're following after that Jesus guy, and you're following after that Yeshua, and Ah oh, man, you keep going around and preaching and trying to proselytize and you keep talking about church and or the congregation and you keep wanting to bring people. I don't understand, Paul, man. We you know we were gonna go get drunk yesterday and you know, you used to hang out with us. You used to come and throw rocks at Christians with us. What's what's going on, right? We what what was so, Paul's so much fun? Yeah. What was Paul's response to any of that? Paul's response was I wish I knew nothing among you except Christ crucified. That's it. Paul said, I don't want to know anything. I don't want to know anything about you except Christ crucified because it's the only thing that matters in my life. And so when you look at that and Paul, he exposed the virtues of, of love and peace and kindness and charity and all these wonderful things that go along. It, it blows my mind when people walk away and they say they were Christians and they walk away and they go, well, I'm leaving so I can find love. And so I can find ch- I don't want to be a Christian anymore. I just think we should love you. That's what that's what the Bible's about. Right. It's the ultimate sacrifice of love. That's why Jesus came is to love us. That's what it's. What are you walking away from? Greatest love story ever. Yeah. You're you're not walking away. You're walking away from the authority of God. You're trying to get away from that. You're not trying to get away from the the root concept of what God, the gospel is, because the gospel is about love. It's not about how much money is passed in a church offering plate at all. That's that, that's not it. You can't blame that. You can't blame the music that we have in churches. It's not that. That's not the scripture. That's not the gospel. So when you look at these things in your life, you have to say, I don't understand why the world. The world wants to encourage us to continue to sin, because if if the if the enemy, if our enemy, can distract us from doing the work in the will of God and we don't do it, then we're not going to lead anybody to the Lord. We're not going to be there when the Lord draws them and, and he needs somebody there to speak. Or he's, we're not going to be there when he says, how will they know except someone go and preach? We're not going to have, I mean, look at America. The preaching in this country is, is gone in a lot of ways, in a lot of places, downhill. If you've got a good pastor at your church and he's preaching the word of God, that's fantastic. Um, but there's not a lot of preaching of sin here. What's left is the preaching we're told is that we don't have enough what? What is the one thing that we're always told we're lacking? What? Love. Right. Yes, very good. So we're always told that we're lacking love. That's what these sermons are all about. Oh, yeah, you got to go and love the world, and you got to. Yes, we do, and we know that that we got the ultimate sacrifice of love in Yeshua, and we want to share Him with other people. But at the same time, we also have to realize that we are that Gatorade bottle. We were that Gatorade at one time. We were indwelt by sin, and it needs to be replaced. That needs to be driven out. And the way you drive that out is by putting in the Word of God. This is what we've got to get back to. I'm encouraging people if you're you're listening to this and you've got your Bible, get it out and start reading. We've talked about so many things in these podcasts. if you can find a hole or, or something wrong with the things I'm saying, I want you to find that. I want you to email me and say, hey brother, I, I read this in the scriptures. Can you look at that? you know I, I, I dearly love the the body of Christ, but sometimes I could see why Jesus would get frustrated with them. You know, he made, he made proclamations to uh, to a crowd one time. He said, you know, you got to forsake all these things to follow after me. And if you're not willing to forsake that, then you're not willing to follow me. And the Bible says that the large majority of those people turned around and walked away because they were not willing to follow after him. They were not willing to follow in the way that he needed, the way that he wanted. So we get to this current era of where we're we're Christians and we're believers and we're trying to live that godly life, but we have to allow the word of God to infiltrate our hearts and drive out that sin. So one of my favorite writers, one of my favorite authors over time was a man called Watchman Nee. Um, And this really applies when you have this conversation with someone and they want to ask you, this is a really good way to explain um, the Holy Spirit in your life. And Watchman Nee was asked one time why he was so... um, why? Why he was so involved with the Lord? Kind of like, why are you so obsessed with it? Right? I don't know how they would say that in Chinese, but this is back in the forties. So Watchman Nee's explanation was: um, being a believer is like a glass of tea. Once you add the tea bag to the water, it becomes tea. And there is no separation of the tea and the water anymore because now it is glass. And this one in the South, we love sweet tea here. If you've been in the South, you know, we put sugar in our tea and we love it that way. And, um, but it's the same thing. Once the tea is in the water, there's no separation. And so when somebody tells you that, you know, I don't understand why you Christians can't just shut that off. You can't just turn that part off. And I'll tell you why, because we're born that way. Uh Uh-oh. Uh Uh-oh, yeah, I broke it out. We're born that way. We can't help it. We're born into the family of God. We now have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He has mixed, He has driven out that old sin that we had, and He's trying to take space in us. And so, this is the definition of being filled with the Spirit. It simply means being filled with the Spirit is simply means less of me and more of you. It's less of Brad. It's less of me saying things and doing things, and more of me willing to allow God to do the things in my life He needs to accomplish. And I'll give you a good example of this. So, I've been. My wife uh, knows I've been playing music for over 20 years. I have done a couple CDs and I've really tried to push my music uh, to get people to listen and, and to get people interested. And I really enjoy doing it. And it's something that I felt like that I want to do for the Lord. And I made this statement on Facebook the other day is that the Lord might use you despite your talents. Cause we're always told that, you know uh, if you got a talent, bring it to the Lord and he's going to use your talent he's going to use. Right. And that's not necessarily true. Sometimes the Lord wants the weakest part of you, not the strongest part because in the weakest part is where Jesus Yeshua gets the glory, right? So you take this, these talents and these things that we have, and we want to use them for the glory of God. Um, and so over time, it's it's been It's been fun to do, and people have enjoyed some of the music and I've enjoyed making it and writing songs. I love doing that stuff, but you know recently I've just been kind of to the point where I'm like lord, um, you're really working on the podcast, you're really working in 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 what we're saying and doing there, and I see God in it. I see God operating in the podcast and in him doing things, and where I didn't see that in the music I didn't see that in you know, uh, occasionally I know people enjoyed it. Right. We're emotionally moved. I get that. Um, but I didn't see God moving as, as he's moving now. And so I'm kind of at the point to where I'm like, you know what, I think I need to put that down to the side because that is me trying to worship God or trying to glorify God the way I want to do it. I need to step aside. I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to allow God to use what He wants to use. See, this is one thing about life of a Christian, right? God is never going to do anything in this life, and I don't care what any preacher on TV says or the radio, God's never going to do anything that does not glorify Jesus. He will not glorify Brad Mason. He's not going to glorify Natasha Mason. That's not his job. His job is to glorify his son. And his son glorifies the father. And that's us. We're supposed to allow Christ to glorify the father through us. So when I look at it, you know, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with putting down something that I've done for a long time. I'm okay with kind of pushing that to the side and saying, you know what? Maybe that's not what God, if God's not in it. And I made the statement, if God is not in it, why bother even doing it? because it's, it's, it's vanity. It's really empty. It's, there's not a lot of satisfaction to be had there. So when you look at yourself and you look at your life and you drive, you want to drive that sin out, right? The Holy spirit's driving that out and the world wants you to turn it off. You can't. And honestly, it's, it's like a child. Like we got little Hannah in here with us today. Um, Lord willing, Yes, she's smiling right now, but Lord willing, she's going to grow up to be a godly woman and she's going to continue to grow. And that's how we are in Christ. He's given us new life. He's breathed into us the same way he did the disciples. We have the Holy Spirit of God. Now we're going to mature and we're going to grow. We want to grow in the scriptures and we want to step to the side. And we want to say, God, take over everything. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill my life with everything. Direct me where you want me to go and to do what you want me to do. Um, So, you know, that's the simple short end of finding God in Gatorade because you can really see God in, in, in many different ways. Um, I hope this, you know, this episode really encouraged you to think a little bit differently about your relationship with God. Always again, go back to the scriptures. Uh, that is the authority and the source of our life. This is the bread of life. Christ is the bread of life and his words are true and pure and holy in every way. Yeah, she wants to grow up. So <laughs> we thank you for listening. This is a wonderful episode. Hopefully this is a wonderful episode. Um, this is probably 32, Two. episode mm-hmm. 32. Um, we're going to come back with some uh, some more material, some some newer ideas and thoughts. Um, one thing I want to tell you is if you're on Facebook, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those things. Um, you can reach us by email at BF mason b as in boy, F as in Franklin, BF Mason, 761 at hotmail.com. Um, we do do the podcast, uh, from our home. Um, if you would, if you ever need us or you want me to come and speak at your church congregation group or anything like that, you can, I'm more than happy to do that. I've got so many things I love to talk about. That's one of the things <laughs> the, the Lord's like, this guy won't be quiet. So I'm more than happy to come and share and talk. So you can email us about that. Um, Continue to share the podcast with others. We do ask that you subscribe uh, to get the podcast when they come out. It really helps with uh, our tracking information and, and kind of seeing. We have this cool little map that shows the world, and uh, it actually shows us where in the world people are listening from. Um, and it's really neat. It doesn't give us specific towns or anything like that. I, I really don't need that information. But it's really cool to see that there are people all around the world listening. Some of the places, and I'll just give you some of the locations. Uh, we've talked about it before. South Africa, Brazil, Mexico mexico canada this month has really picked up a lot we've got some in france and spain the united kingdom that's probably Ireland. your brother though yeah he's all in the united <laughs> Kingdom. It's all my brother uh france um the ukraine has got listens um iran india has got quite a few and some in russia so um really be praying if you want to pray for the podcast that'd be great because we'd like to see it expand we'd like to see more people listening um if you have a topic that you would like to hear discussed, again, email us at that email address, bfmason761 at hotmail.com. Um, if you think it's something that will get people really riled up, those are the best, so give me a good one. Or you can uh, send us a message on Facebook, too. Yeah, you could absolutely send us a message. Leave a comment. If you like the podcast, if you like what we're talking about, you like our accents, whatever it is, um, we're more than and Or there's happy. something you don't like. Right. Um, if you need something prayed, prayed for. If you need us to pray for something. There it is. If you need us to pray for something, let us know, and we'll be happy to do that as well. Um, Remember to pray for those who are in persecution around the world. Uh, Visit opendoors.com. They're spreading the gospel by sharing, uh, sneaking Bibles into countries and places they're not supposed to be. Very good. So from us to you, we appreciate it, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.